Chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Of Catina Aurea, commentary on the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers. Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being worried with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Gloss. The evangelist, after relating how John checked the envy of his disciples on the success of Christ's teaching, comes next to the envy of the Pharisees, and Christ's retreat from them. When therefore the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard, etc. Augustine. Truly had the Pharisees knowledge that our Lord was making more disciples and baptizing more than John, being such as to lead them heartily to follow him. He would not have left Judea, but would have remained for their sake. But seeing as he did that this knowledge of him was coupled with envy, and made them not followers, but persecutors, he departed thence. He could too, had he pleased, have stayed amongst them, and escaped their hands, but he wished to show his own example to believers in time to come, that there was no sin for a servant of God to fly from the fury of persecutors. He did it like a good teacher, not out of fear for himself, but for our instruction. Chrysostom he did it to pacify the envy of men, and perhaps to avoid bringing the dispensation of the Incarnation into suspicion. For had he been taken and escaped, the reality of his flesh would have been doubted. Augustine, it may perplex you perhaps to be told that Jesus baptized more than John, and then immediately after, though Jesus himself baptized not. What, is there a mistake made and then corrected? Chrysostom, Christ himself did not baptize, but those who reported the fact in order to raise the envy of their hearers, so represented it as to appear that Christ himself baptized. The reason why he baptized not himself had been already declared by John, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now he had not yet given the Holy Spirit. It was therefore fitting that he should not baptize, but his disciples baptized, as an efficacious mode of instruction, better than gathering up believers here and there, as had been done in the case of Simon and his brother. Their baptism, however, had no more virtue than the baptism of John, both being without the grace of the Spirit, and both having one object, viz., that of bringing men to Christ. Augustine, or both are true, for Jesus both baptized and baptized not. He baptized in that he cleansed. He baptized not in that he dipped not. The disciples supplied the ministry of the body. He the aid of that majesty of which it is said, the same is he which baptizeth. Alcune. The question is often asked whether the Holy Ghost was given by the baptism of the disciples, when below it is said the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. We reply that the Spirit was given, though not in so manifest a way as he was after the ascension, in the shape of fiery tongues. 
for as Christ himself in his human nature ever possessed the Spirit, and yet afterwards at his baptism the Spirit descended visibly upon him in the form of a dove, so before the manifest invisible coming of the Holy Spirit all saints might possess the Spirit secretly. Augustine, but we must believe that the disciples of Christ were already baptized themselves, either with John's baptism, or, as is more probable, with Christ's. For he who had stooped to the humble service of washing his disciples' feet had not failed to administer baptism to his servants, who would thus be enabled in their turn to baptize others. Chrysostom. Christ, on withdrawing from Judea, joined those whom he was with before, as we read next, and he departed again into Galilee, as the apostles, when they were expelled by the Jews, went to the Gentiles, so Christ goes to the Samaritans. But to deprive the Jews of all excuse, he does not go to stay there, but only takes it on his road, as the evangelist implies by saying, and he must needs go through Samaria. Samaria receives its name from Somer, a mountain there, so called from the name of a former possessor of it. The inhabitants of the country were formerly not Samaritans, but Israelites. But in the process of time, they fell under God's wrath, and the king of Assyria transplanted them to Babylon and Media, placing Gentiles from various parts in Samaria in their room. God, however, to show that it was not for want of power on his part that he delivered up the Jews, but for the sins of the people themselves, sent lions to afflict the barbarians. This was told the king, and he sent a priest to instruct them in God's law. But not even then did they wholly cease from their iniquity, but only half changed. For in process of time they turned to idols again, though they still worshipped God, calling themselves after the mountain Samaritans. Bede, he must needs pass through Samaria, because that country lay between Judea and Galilee. Samaria was the principal city of a province of Palestine, and gave its name to the whole district connected with it. The particular place to which our Lord went is next given. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Chrysostom. It was the place where Simeon and Levi made a great slaughter for Dina. Theophylact. But after the sons of Jacob had desolated the city by the slaughter of the Sycamites, Jacob annexed it to the portion of his son Joseph. As we read in Genesis, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. This is referred to in what follows, near to the place of ground which Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Augustine. It was a well. Every well is a spring, but every spring is not a well. Any water that rises from the ground and can be drawn for use is a spring, but where it is ready at hand and on the surface, it is called a spring only. Where it is deep and low, it is called a well, not a spring. Theophylact. But why does the evangelist make mention of the parcel of ground and the well? First to explain what the woman says. Our father Jacob gave us this well. Secondly, to remind you that what the patriarchs obtained by their faith in God, the Jews had lost by their impiety. They had been supplanted to make room for Gentiles, 
and therefore there is nothing new in what has now taken place, i.e. in the Gentiles succeeding to the kingdom of heaven in the place of the Jews. Chrysostom, Christ prefers labor and exercise to ease and luxury, and therefore travels to Samaria, not in a carriage but on foot, until at last the exertion of the journey fatigues him, a lesson to us, that so far from indulging in superfluities, we should often even deprive ourselves of necessities. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, etc. Augustine. Jesus, we see, is strong and weak. Strong because in the beginning was the Word. Weak because the Word was made flesh. Jesus, thus weak, being wearied with his journey, sat on the well. Chrysostom. As if to say, not on a seat or a couch. But, on the first place, he saw upon the ground. He sat down because he was wearied, and to wait for the disciples. The coolness of the well would be refreshing in the midday heat, and it was about the sixth hour. Theophylact. He mentions our Lord's sitting and resting from his journey, that none might blame him for going to Samaria himself, after he had forbidden the disciples going. Alcune. Our Lord left Judea also mystically, i.e., he left the unbelief of those who condemned him, and by his apostles went into Galilee, i.e., into the fickleness of the world, thus teaching his disciples to pass from vices to virtues. The parcel of ground I conceive to have been left not so much to Joseph as to Christ, of whom Joseph was a type, whom the sun and moon and all the stars truly adore, to this parcel of ground our Lord came, that the Samaritans, who claimed to be inheritors of the patriarch Israel, might recognize him and be converted to Christ, the legal heir of the patriarch. Augustine, his journey is his assumption of the flesh for our sake. For whither doth he go, who is everywhere present? What is this except that it was necessary for him in order to come to us, to take upon him visibly a form of flesh. So then, his being wearied with his journey, what meaneth it, but that he is wearied with the flesh? And wherefore is it the sixth hour? Because it is the sixth age of the world. Reckon severally as hours the first age from Adam to Noah, the second from Noah to Abraham, the third from Abraham to David, the fourth from David unto the carrying away into Babylon, the fifth from thence to the baptism of John. On this calculation, the present age is the sixth hour. Augustine, at the sixth hour then, our Lord comes to the well. The black abyss of the well, methinks, represents the lowest parts of this universe, i.e. the earth, to which Jesus came at the sixth hour, that is, in the sixth age of mankind, the old age, as it were, of the old man, which we are bidden to put off, that we may put on the new. For so do we reckon the different ages of man's life. The first age is infancy, the second childhood, the third boyhood, the fourth youth, the fifth manhood, the sixth old age. Again the sixth hour, being the middle of the day, the time at which the sun begins to descend, signifies that we who are called by Christ are to check our pleasure invisible things, that by the love of things invisible, refreshing the inner man, we may be restored to the inward light which never fails. 
by his sitting is signified his humility or perhaps his magisterial character teachers being accustomed to sit verses seven through twelve there cometh a woman of samaria to draw water jesus saith unto her give me to drink for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat then saith the woman of samaria unto him how is it that thou being a jew askest drink of me which am a woman of samaria for the jews have no dealings with the samaritans jesus answered and said unto her if thou knewest the gift of god and who it is that saith to thee give me to drink thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water the woman saith unto him sir thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water art thou greater than our father jacob which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle chrysostom that this conversation might not appear a violation of his own injunctions against talking to the samaritans the evangelist explains how it arose viz for he did not come with the intention beforehand of talking with the woman but only would not send the woman away when she had come there came a woman of samaria to draw water observe she comes quite by chance augustine the woman here is the type of the church not yet justified but just about to be and it is a part of the resemblance that she comes from a foreign people the samaritans were foreigners though they were neighbors and in like manner the church was to come from the gentiles and to be alien from the jewish race theophylact the argument with the woman arises naturally from the occasion jesus saith unto her give me to drink as man the labor and heat he had undergone had made him thirsty augustine jesus also thirsted after the woman's faith he thirsteth for their faith for whom he shed his blood chrysostom this shows us too not only our lord's strength and endurance as a traveller but also his carelessness about food for his disciples did not carry about food with them since it follows his disciples were gone away into the city to buy food herein is shown the humility of christ he is left alone it was in his power had he pleased not to send away all or on their going away to leave others in their place to wait on him but he did not choose to have it so for in this way he accustomed his disciples to trample upon pride of every kind however some one will say is humility in fishermen and tent-makers so great a matter but these very men were all on a sudden raised to the most lofty situation upon earth that of friends and followers of the lord of the whole earth and men of humble origin when they arrive at dignity are on this very account more liable than others to be lifted up with pride the honor being so new to them our lord therefore to keep his disciples humble taught them in all things to subdue themselves the woman on being told give me to drink very naturally asks how is it that thou being a jew askest drink of me who am a woman of samaria she knew him to be a jew from his figure and speech here observe her simpleness for even had our lord been bound to abstain from dealing with her that was his concern not hers the evangelist saying not that the samaritans 
would have no dealings with the Jews, but that the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. The woman, however, though not in fault herself, wished to correct what she thought a fault in another. The Jews, after their return from the captivity, entertained a jealousy of the Samaritans, whom they regarded as aliens and enemies. And the Samaritans did not use all the scriptures, but only the writings of Moses, and made little of the prophets. They claimed to be of Jewish origin, but the Jews considered them Gentiles and hated them, as they did the rest of the Gentile world. Augustine, the Jews would not even use their vessels, so it would astonish the woman to hear a Jew ask to drink out of her vessel, a thing so contrary to Jewish rule. Chrysostom, but why did Christ ask what the law allowed not? It is no answer to say that he knew she would not give it, for in that case he clearly ought not to have asked for it. Rather, his very reason for asking was to show his indifference to such observances and to abolish them for the future. Augustine, he who asked to drink whoever out of the woman's vessel thirsted for the woman's faith. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, or who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Origin. For it is, as it were, a doctrine, that no one receives a divine gift who seeks not for it. Even the Savior himself is commanded by the Father to ask that he may give it to him. As we read, Require of me, and I will give you the heathen for thine inheritance. And our Savior himself says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Wherefore, he says here emphatically, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee. Augustine, he lets her know that it was not the water which she meant that he asked for, but that knowing her faith, he wished to satisfy her thirst by giving her the Holy Spirit. For so must we interpret the living water, which is the gift of God, as he saith, If thou knewest the gift of God. Augustine, living water is that which comes out of a spring in distinction to what is collected in ponds and cisterns from the rain. If spring water, too, becomes stagnant, i.e. collects into some spot, where it is quite separated from its fountainhead, it ceases to be living water. Chrysostom. In Scripture, the grace of the Holy Spirit is sometimes called fire, sometimes water, which shows that these words are expressive not of its substance but of its action. The metaphor of fire conveys the lively and sin-consuming property of grace. That of water, the cleansing of the spirit, the refreshing of the souls who receive him. Theophylact. The grace of the Holy Spirit, then he calls living water, i.e. life-giving, refreshing, stirring. For the grace of the Holy Spirit is ever stirring him who does good works, directing the risings of his heart. Chrysostom. These words raised the woman's notions of our Lord and made her think him no common person. She addresses him reverently by the title of Lord. The woman saith unto him, Lord, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Augustine. She understands the living water to be the water in the well, and therefore says, Thou wishest to give me living water, but thou hast nothing to draw with as I have. 
thou canst not then give me this living water art thou greater than our father jacob who gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle chrysostom as if she said thou canst not say that jacob gave us this spring and used another himself for he and they that were with him drank thereof which would not have been done had he another better one thou canst not then give me of this spring and thou hast not another better spring unless thou confess thyself greater than jacob whence then hast thou the water which thou promised to give us theophylact the addition and his cattle shows the abundance of the water as if she said not only is the water sweet so that jacob and his sons drank of it but so abundant that they satisfied the vast multitude of the patriarch's cattle chrysostom see how she thrusts herself upon the jewish stock the samaritans claimed abraham as their ancestor on the ground of his having come from chaldea and calling jacob their father as being abraham's grandson bede or she calls jacob their father because she lived under the mosaic law and possessed the farm which jacob gave to his son joseph origin in the mystical sense jacob's well is the scriptures the learned then drink like jacob and his sons the simple and uneducated like jacob's cattle end of chapter four verses one through twelve